Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. stash or radical Islam at heart of Pensacola shooting. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, yes, we've all heard about the tragic Pensacola shooting, the shooting on December 6th, 2019 at the Naval Air Station at Pensacola, Florida. Well, certainly, even though, you know, the reports are still, they're still mulling it over, whether it's terrorism, right? Um, this, the, the perpetrator, the shooter, Mohammed Saeed Ashrami, Ash, <laughs> Mohammed Saeed Al-Shamrani, um, is 21 years old, was 21 years old. He was killed in the attack. And um, he is a Saudi national. And um, not that that necessarily makes him absolutely uh, a terrorist, but it certainly does bring a lot of suspicion, especially when you hear um, some of the rest of the story. Now, um, the, let me just tell you some of the details, remind you of some of the details of the incident, and then I will tell you about this whole porn stash issue. And um, the question of whether this was an, an individual um, insult uh, that he took offense of, that, that motivated him to attack, or whether it was that he was really uh, a radicalized uh, Islamist and this was purely a terrorist attack. There are things to suggest both. And, uh, and in fact, it doesn't really have to be either or. It can be an underlying um, terrorist ideology that he believed in. He was radicalized, as well as it being tipped off by um, a teacher embarrassing him in front of his whole class by calling him porn stash. So we'll get into that. You might be wondering why he was called porn stash and so on. We'll get into all of that. So um he was killed at the time of the attack and um by uh sheriffs and um this occurred as i said on on friday morning um on december 6th and uh, it brought up a whole bunch of issues first i'll talk about the individual issues in regard to him and his motivation and then of course the larger issues in terms of why do we have people from Saudi Arabia and other um, countries with which where it's questionable if we can trust them uh, studying at this naval air base or at any naval air base? Why are they in America uh, learning how to fly airplanes and other kinds of things, military kinds of instruction? 
Well, first, the, the most interesting part, I think, is this question of the motivation. Now, um, Mohammed Saeed al-Shamrani, I think I'm going to call him Mohammed for the rest of this uh, podcast, um, he was in a class, as I said, he was 21 years old, he was in a class um, at this school, and he had been studying actually since 2017 uh, in a program that brought Saudi nationals to the U.S. and other and people from other countries as well, many other countries. Um, and um, and he was in a class, and um, once upon a time, one day, the teacher James Day. Um, at the end of the class, called him porn stash, porn, as in pornography, stash, as in mustache. Now, apparently, um, depending upon how familiar you are with pornography, uh, porn stars, some male porn stars, not every male porn star by any means, but some male porn stars apparently wear uh, mustaches like what uh, Muhammad wore. And, um, Really, if you if you haven't seen a picture of him yet, Google him and look at his mustache. To me, it, the first impression that I had was uh, of a Hitler mustache. He doesn't have a beard, at least at this time he doesn't. He did at one time. Um, he doesn't have a beard. He has this, this ugly looking, <laughs> quite frankly, ugly looking mustache. Um, and... And so the, the teacher called him that, called him porn stash, and he didn't know what that was about. And then the teacher said something about, don't you know in pornography, you know, this, they're called porn stash. Or, and he was just embarrassed. Whether he knew that some porn stars wear that or not, he was, of course, incredibly shamed and, um, and embarrassed and felt humiliated and so on. And needless to say, this would have increased his hatred for Americans, um, for shaming him. But was that enough to actually cause him to attack the uh, naval base? Or was it an underlying deeper motivation of, um, of terrorism, of radical Islamist ideology? Now, he complained about this teacher, and two American classmates helped him file a complaint. So it wasn't that all the Americans, you know, humiliated him or were against him and so on in this incident. His classmates actually helped him. Still, this was in April of this past year, April 2019, and um, that actually turned out to be the same month that he filed for a gun for a firearm. He filed um, papers uh, through a loophole in the system where he could get a, um, or say that he was doing it, wanted this gun for hunting, and he was able to get it, a Glock 9 millimeter pistol. Not quite sure uh, how much that's used for hunting, but um, I don't pretend to be an expert on guns. Um, now, so one would think that, aha, that's it. You know, he was personally humiliated and shamed. And shame, of course, causes aggression in all 
kind not not all, but that is often a stimulus for whether it's a mass shooting or other kinds of violence and not necessarily anything having to do with terrorism. It's just the, the idea of being shamed is a very powerful emotion. So you might think that, well, that's it. But then also, um, in fact, there, it turns out that there were postings on social media, including one the morning of the attack um, and others before that, that indicated that he um, thought that America was, um, you know, was anti-Muslim and um, he was angry at what America and Americans were doing in the Middle East and he was angry at America's support for Israel and, um, and he quoted Osama bin Laden in some of his posts. So all of these things, um, you know, would speak to the possibility that in fact, it wasn't just about being called porn stash, but it was a longer, deeper rooted um, hatred towards America, feelings, you know, sympathies towards terrorists. Um, and also another thing that speaks to that is that right two days before the shooting, he had visited New York City and notably Ground Zero and also Times Square and other uh, terrorist type landmarks. I mean, they're also, of course, where one would go if one was a tourist. Um, but certainly um, one would hope that the FBI and other authorities are putting extra uh, security at the landmarks, the targets that he had visited. So um, this is, you know, this, I actually uh, have, have spoken about how a lot of times when um, people from other countries, particularly people from countries where terrorism is rampant, um, that when they when they come to the U.S. to study, typically it would be more like uh, for college or graduate school, or but this you know this is essentially a similar kind of study. Um, that when things happen to them, such as they're ostracized by other students, or um, you know made fun of, or um, have have these kinds of personal sorts of of problems, interpersonal problems that that can send them home with a very bad feeling towards America and Americans and can indeed, um, if not incite, certainly fuel their anti-American feelings. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this. And also we're gonna talk about um, his family and um, how they have been reacting to this. So stay tuned. Welcome back. We're talking today about porn stash or radical Islam at the heart of the Pensacola shooter. You, uh, you figure it out by the time we're finished. Now I'm talking, of course, about the shooting at the Pensacola, Pensacola Florida uh, Naval Air Station that occurred on December 6, 2019. The attacker, the shooter, um, was Mohammed Saeed Al-Shamrani. He was 21 years old. 
Um, he was a Saudi Royal Air Force trainee, and he shot and killed three American sailors, and um, he was shot by sheriffs. And um, as I was saying in the first segment, I was talking about, you know, his teacher humiliating him, shaming him in the classroom, making fun of his mustache by calling him porn stash. And as I said, it seems more to me, he looks more to me like Hitler than he does a porn star. But hey, <laughs> um, you can you can decide. Um, the you know, this has brought up a lot of issues in terms of who we train. There are more than 900 Saudi nationals in the U.S. participating in the training program. Uh, that includes lessons in English and basic aviation and pilot training. Um, there are 5,180 students from 153 countries in, in the program as a whole. So um, I, besides the porn stash comment that may well have um, triggered his underlying his radical Islamist beliefs, um, you know, some of the things that indicate that he did, that that was underlying are some of his social media tweets and, and posts. Um, and, you know, he, he um, started the shooting, he opened fire in one of the classroom buildings. And of course, that also makes one think about how the remark by the teacher in his classroom, I don't know that it was the same classroom, but that would really be, um, if, if it was, if it was the same classroom, that would certainly be indicative that it was, that the porn stash comment had a very profound impact. But even it just, it being in a classroom in, you know, one of the classroom buildings actually indicates that it's related at least to porn stash because he could have opened fire anywhere on the base. Um, now, the other interesting things, um, as this was happening, it was being videotaped by another Saudi student while the shooting was occurring. And I mean, that makes you think, of course, about the fact that um, this was to, you know, to send back to someone in Saudi Arabia or someone in a terrorist organization to prove that, um, that, that uh, this, you know, that this um, student, Mohammed was um, should be considered um, a martyr. Um, and then there were two other Saudi students who were watching the shooting from a car. And this is after their, the, the shooter, Mohammed, had um, hosted a dinner party uh, prior to the attack, during the week prior to the attack, and what they, the entertainment at the dinner party was watching mass shootings on video. So, you know, all of these things, um, there's just so much to, to analyze. Um, and of course, you know, so, okay, question. Why, why didn't any of these people at the dinner party <laughs> um, think to warn someone at the naval base? Now, after this happened, of course, they um, rounded up the students from the base, and notably, they rounded up the Saudi students and kept them on the base. Um, but so, why is it? You know, why was this? 
one videotaping it. What, what are his terrorist ties? Uh, you know, obviously they're going to be looking into all these kinds of things. Um, he had begun the program, you know, he had come from Saudi Arabia. Uh, he was a second lieutenant in the Royal Saudi Air Force. And he, um, it, it was a big honor to be chosen to participate in this program in America. And he began um, the training at the station, or he began the training in the program in August 2017. And he was scheduled to be graduated in August 2020. So he was so close to graduation. Um, what else? Oh, in the post, as I, as I was starting to mention before, um, now they ha they're, still, uh, they're still investigating whether the posts, whether the, you know, the, um, the sites, the posts actually do belong to him. It, the, it seems like, you know, the, initially the thinking is that they are his. Um, there was a, a handle, you know, that uh, seemed to be his. And um, they, these posts referred to the U.S. wars in Muslim countries. Um, he wrote about hatred for the American people. He criticized Washington's support for Israel. And as I said, he quoted Osama bin Laden. So um, now here comes another interesting aspect to the story. Um, oh, and, and when, so far in the investigation, they've been finding that um, he did seems he seems to have started to embrace radical islamic ideology as early as 2015 and i think they're they're basing this primarily on his posts and um he mentions certain religious figures radical religious figures um who seem to have shaped his radical thought and he talked about you know terrorism and the support for the taliban and so on now, one of the things that is particularly interesting in this case, there's so many, <laughs> the other things that I mentioned also, I just think are fascinating. I hope you do too. Um, but what, you know, I have often talked about how when someone, um, a shooter or some other kind of attacker, someone perpetrates, a radical Islamist perpetrates a terrorist attack, and the people in his family and his friends, you know, all say, what? <laughs> I never knew he had these beliefs. I never knew he was going to do this. What? It's a, it's a big mystery. It's a big surprise. Well, apparently, um, they, of course, you know, people interviewed his family in Saudi Arabia. And his family members are calling it a mystery. But there, the, his background, his childhood and his background actually makes it seem more possible that they really didn't know and that this really did come as a shock because he had always had a childhood dream of becoming a pilot. And here he was so close to being graduated from this school and already being in the Saudi royal um, air force um this you know this was a big feather in his cap um and and it, it is shocking that as i'll i'm going to be telling you about his family and his childhood and it is kind of surprising that he um 
gave it all up, although I guess you could, there are lots of different ways of thinking about this. On the one hand, you could think, well, you know, in a way he kind of reached his goal. He might've been able to rationalize to himself that he had reached his goal in actually becoming a part of this program. And um, okay, he didn't finish it, but you know, he maybe with this porn stash uh, humiliation, he lost his, um, he lost a part of him that was that idealistic little boy who wanted to be a pilot. Well, let me tell you about his, about his family and his childhood. Um, he, he had called his family right before the attack and he called them, um, by video and, um, they say that he was wearing his uniform when he called uh, video on this video call. And, you know, the family is saying this is the uniform he always wanted to wear as a child when he dreamed of becoming a pilot. And he was joking around with his elder brother, Abdullah. He kidded around with him saying, you're the eldest, but I'm going to get married first. And then he was promising his mother that he was going to come home as soon as he finished his training. And he's told her just a few more months. Um, however, this phone call was very shortly before his shooting spree. His family is saying that he sounded totally normal in the call. Um, they said his father, his father is Saeed Abdullah al-Shamrani, he's 55, and he said he never had a secret, he was never hiding anything. Well, I guess there's always a first time. He said, it's such a mystery, even we don't know the truth. Are you sure he's dead? We haven't even been given any proof of whether he's dead or alive. So, um... You know, it, it really does seem as though um, they are questioning it. Well, let me, um, let me stop here and I will get more into his background and why his family does seem more honestly surprised than most other families when um, they are asked about their terrorist um, after an attack. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where I'm talking today about um, Mohammed Saeed Al-Shamrani, who is, was the shooter in the Pensacola, Florida shooting at the Naval Air Station. And the question is, porn stash or radical Islam at the heart of the Pensacola shooter? Uh, I hope you're trying to figure that out as I go along, and I'm talking now about his family, who, unlike most families, really do seem to be rather shocked. Um, his father and his brother and cousins and a family friend all have been interviewed, and they all have said that he seemed to always be happy in the United States, working towards his longtime goal and never mentioning difficulties. Of course, it doesn't seem like he told them about the porn stash um, fiasco either. You know, he was probably too ashamed to tell his family. Um, let's see, his, let's see, who, 
who said this? Oh, his brother. His brother said, since he was a kid, he'd dreamed of being a pilot and he worked so hard for it. His brother, Abdullah said, um, once he arrived in the United States, he loved it so much, really. He was amazed by America's military force, just really impressed by the military. And then he, it turns out he is, uh, Mohammed was the third child in a family from, a, from Tabala, a farming town in southern Saudi Arabia. He grew up um, not far from the Saudi Aramco compound in eastern Saudi Arabia. And because his father had moved the family there to work in the local airport. And the father eventually rose to become a security official. So, of course, you know, growing up near an airport with his father working as a security official at the airport um, was probably at the root of his dreams as a child of becoming a pilot. And then the family would go to visit extended family. His family would go to visit extended family back in Tabala uh, for the summers. And this is supposed to be a beautiful town with date farms and desert and mountains. And the family built another house there. So they, you know, had to have been fairly well off relatively. And they would come back there for weddings and other family events. And um, on summer evenings, the, he, Muhammad and young men like him and his brothers and his cousins and so on, would gather at a rented guest house in the desert to play cards and watch soccer on television late into the night. So, um, you know, it seemed like, a, like he had a rather decent, <laughs> a rather um, good uh, childhood. Um, I mean, of course, we don't know more details than what I'm telling you, but so far it seems, you know, like, like somewhat of a more privileged um, childhood than a lot of other people had. So he, now other people said though, that um, he was, people who knew him in Saudi Arabia said that he was more serious and less boisterous than other young men his age. This was um, a man who, a friend of the family who said that. And then um, people were saying, people who knew him, there said that he would never talk about anything political. He was quiet, just a normal guy. <laughs> he might talk about sports sometimes. Now, in terms of their religion, uh, the family is described as being observant Muslims who prayed, but not radical, not strict. Um, but people are saying that um, when he went back to visit his family, uh, visit Saudi Arabia, visit his family in Saudi Arabia this past February, that he did seem to become more religious. Um, when he returned to America, he seemed that he, it seemed that he had become more religious when he was in Saudi Arabia this last time when he visited it. And he said, um, relatives of his said that during that visit in February, he took his mother to the holy city of Mecca to perform a pil pilgrimage. And, um, you know, that they noted that 
whether he had not done that before or, you know, this was something special or um, there was something that they noted, you know, probably now looking back, um, they remembered that. And um, also, he's, they said that he had shaved his chin clean. So he not only, he used to not just have this <laughs> porn stash, he used to also have a beard, but he shaved that. And now he was always a good student growing up, and he became the pride of his family when he was chosen one of two students picked from his Air Force Academy class of several hundred to enter the training program in the United States on a scholarship. I mean, this was a super big deal. Um, and, and it was even more of a big deal because he came from this rural town to study in the United States. And the last young man who had done that before um, became locally famous. You know, it was, it was, this doesn't happen to people from that town. Um, his brother said, I was so proud of him. He's the role model of the family. I'm the eldest son, but, but Mohammed is a big deal. And then, um, as I said, he started in 2017. Uh, the Saudi government paid, started paying for him to spend a year learning English at Lackland Air Force Base first in San Antonio. And then he moved to Pensacola for military training and he received weapons training. He had already received rep weapons training in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that's how he knew presumably how to operate the gun that he bought in the States. Um, and he would send pictures back to his family, uh, pictures of him smiling in Times Square and in his uniform with one of his American trainers, obviously not the one who called him porn stash. And then he, he would send back video that he took in Florida of friends splashing around in kayaks and he was laughing. And, um, and he was counting down the months supposedly towards to his graduation and so was his family. And his father told his neighbors, told his friends that he was gonna throw a huge graduation party for Mohammed when the family went back um, there um, to Tabala during the summer after graduation. And so, you know, he knew that his family was super looking forward to this. Certainly uh, he was looking forward to this ostensibly. And um, it was just hours later after this phone call that his family would hear the news of the terror attack. It is definitely hard to make sense of this as far as what um, possessed him to, um, to commit the shooting, to commit the, at the attack, the terrorist attack. I mean, there's no other w way to call it. I don't know why people, some people are hemming and hawing about that. Um, not wanting, well, they always, always, authorities always hem and haw about uh, things that are obviously terrorist attacks, just like in London, in the recent London Bridge attack, um, you know, where we had to wait before uh, pe some people, well, the media, for example, had to wait or decided to wait, they didn't have to wait, they waited um, to call it a terrorist attack when it was pretty clear from the first moment that it was. But, um, you know, it brings up lots of questions, not only what motivated him, 
And clearly, you know, clearly one thing it brings up is that people who interact with foreigners, visitors, um, people from different cultures, whether they are naturalized citizens or just tourists or whatever, um, we all should be a little more sensitive to people from foreign cultures, even if, <laughs> even if they're terrorists. Um, I mean, you know, clearly, clearly the teacher should have been, all the teachers at the, um, at the base and presume, you know, there so far, there's only been this one who there's, who there have been similar complaints about, um, but clearly they should be trained to not uh, shame people from different cultures to understand that, yes, an American might think that that's funny. An American might even have been, you know, um, flattered by um, a, a teacher saying that they look like a porn star. But clearly somebody from Saudi Arabia, you don't need to be a genius to figure out that someone from a culture um, like Saudi Arabia would not be flattered to be called a porn star. So there's that. There's also the question of, you know, should we be training Saudis? Should we be training, what countries should we be training people from? Um, particularly training them in military uh, lessons, you know, how to fly planes that might ultimately someday be used against us or be used against our allies. Um, so it is making people think twice and three times and more times. But this question of whether, you know, what motivated uh, Mohammed Saeed al-Shamrani? And my conclusion to all of this is that he was apparently since at least 2015 when he was posting these things on social media, he was um, certainly influenced by radical Islam and by, by terrorists, including Osama bin Laden. But would he have ever perpetrated an attack had this teacher not called him porn stash? Probably not. Well, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carroll, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.